minors, just like adults, they are lonely. So they are all easily attracted to the live streaming. But compared to the adults, I think the teenagers are more addictive to the live streamers. I believe on a school night, the 10 p.m. curfew is appropriate because they don't have these type of curfews in South Korea or in America. And then they wonder why the kids are having trouble sleeping, waking up the next morning. Well, of course, because they're playing games till 2 a.m. and they wake up a few hours later for school. Find a way like China has done to put the block, technical blocks in place where, for example, this phone is could be used by a minor. Don't let any games on at such and such time. Devastating? Not necessarily. It will definitely get a huge and immediate impact over their cash flow. It's the cash cow of the companies like Tencent. So they will suffer. But in the long run, I think if the internet gaming industry can be reshaped and can have a more steady and healthier growing path and the business dreams, not only from the tipping and the gift itself, but also from other revenue streams, some other models, I think that, that will give them the chance now to grow healthier. The Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Welcome to The Chat Lounge. I'm Tuyin. We're discussing China's latest regulations for underage users when it comes to live streaming. Joining our chat today are Ms. Hanhua, board member of the China Forum Tsinghua University, Dr. Wu Changchang, associate professor of journalism department of Communication College, East China Normal University, and a researcher of ECNU Cornell Center for Comparative Humanities. And last but not least, author and commentator Tom Paukin II. Welcome to you all. Well, in, in the guideline jointly issued by four authorities, a major point is banning under-18s from tipping live streamers or sending virtual gifts. I, I'm not sure if you've ever tipped any live streamers before, but I've always wondered why so many people tip live streamers, some even with hundreds or thousands of yuan or even more in one night or even within hours. I actually I understand that sometimes they want to show their appreciation of the live streamers, but spending half a month's worth of salary or even more just to impress the live streamers is just beyond my comprehension. So I want to start with um, Hanhua. Have you tipped any live streamers? And from your observation, which group is might be the largest tipper on live streaming platforms? Uh, you beat me. <laughs> Actually, I, I haven't done such kind of things. In, for me, it, it sounds a little bit ridiculous. Yes, I, I played some online games. And even the MMORPG, the multi, you know, uh, players uh, online, you know, big games. That was because I used to work for a media company. So part of our business was related to this kind of online ga gaming industry. And we need to locate uh, some MMORPG companies 
to to see their revenue growth, to see their business opportunities, and to see whether it is worth investment. So more of the buyer's side, I I watched and even observed about this kind of online behaviors since the very beginning of the the popularity of these online games, and all the ways down to this mobile internet. And the 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 expansion of the smart devices, smartphones in China for the past twenty years. So for me, I'm more like an observer of the industry, and also to learn about the trend and to learn why there are so many popular games, especially when it has become so easy, so convenient for the internet users. Especially the young people to get used to that and even get addicted to that. I think it's like a catch me if you can game or the cat and mice game. When you know the developer of the internet game game companies, they just want to get every every apps, every games to be so easy to get used to that. And the, there are so many different.、Uh, Uh, different gadgets and、uh, different ways to get you hooked by the games. I think this is their main purpose to generate the income and the, the revenues for the company as a whole. And on the user side, because the young people, they are especially the post nineties and the post zero zeros, the generation Z. I think they are undergoing the transition from the network. To the smartphone、uh, traffic, they are the netizens of this generation. And the, for example, the the young people in my daughter's age, they just joked that the smartphones are one of their organs, so they cannot just leave that even for one second. So the internet, especially the games of the internet, is shaping the growth environment of teenagers. So in my opinion. It's the teenagers, the young people, who can easily get addicted to these online and smartphone games. Mm, you actually presented us with a very detailed picture of how this works, and、uh, yes,、uh, the younger generation—I think they—they're called the generation with phones、um, drawn on them, probably. And、uh, Chang Chang, I understand you and your team have been following the live streaming industry very closely. Do you have any unique findings when it comes to you know the, the psychological state of those、mm-hmm. generous tippers? Okay, my team and I,、uh, you know,、uh, devoted ourselves to this research almost five years ago when the live streaming industries just rise in China mainland.、Uh, we found the live streaming and also the tipping are not ridiculous for 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 users or for the live streamer, especially for the users. We find many of the users, I mean, the watchers,、uh, just as the、uh, as many. As many researchers or、uh, scholars pointed out, they are lonely or they atomized individuals, so they are very easily attracted to the live streaming, which could private provide them with the in time and virtual company to their daily life, and consequently they are vulnerable to the commodified live streamers. If they find those live streamers are so appealing, they are willing to get the service by tipping, by sending the virtual. Gifts, even beyond the ability to pay, so 
I think the group of the lonely individuals or atomized individuals are the origins of of the consumers uh, of the live streaming industry. Mm. Yeah, according to my observation, I, I watched some uh, live streaming also. It seems to me that um, the adults. Those over 18s are the major group who, you know,、uh, tip the live streamers. It's a little bit different、yes. from what、uh, Hanhua just said.、Uh, but、uh, when it comes to the minors,、um, the under 18s, do they have the same psychology when they tip? Maybe yes, or maybe not. We can say、uh, as a whole, minors just like adults. As I said before, they are lonely, so. There's so they are so they are all easily attracted to the live streaming, but、um, compared to the adults, I think the teenagers are more addictive to 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 the live streamers. I think.、Mm. And we have another parent、mm. here, Tom.、Um, has your son ever tipped any live streamer? Do you think it's a, a big issue? Well, when it comes to live streaming or tipping, my son is only about. Seven years old, so he's a little bit too young to even know how to、uh, send、uh-huh. tipping. But、uh, he has had an addiction to playing video、mm-hmm. games, and、uh, mm-hmm. my wife and I have noticed it at times that he plays excessive and a little bit too much、uh, video games. So when we're addressing the issue、mm-hmm. of electronics addictions,、uh, I think actually the Chinese government is playing a very good role in trying to. Help families to、um, prevent their children from suffering from this problem. Because what happens is with the Chinese government, they use a lot of electronic ways to prevent children from getting access to those games. And I've seen it in action. Because a few years ago, when they did not put those blocks in, it was almost impossible to get my son to stop playing. Because every、mm-hmm. time we weren't paying attention, he was playing games. But、uh, with the new restrictions, he's unable to. So these addictions and, and issues of、uh, regulations, I fully support. In regards to the live, stri-、uh, live streaming and tipping,、uh, I think that young people, you know, it's a little bit dangerous because if it's not their money and they're using their parents' money to pay these live streamers,、uh, you know, that's a little bit scary. And I've heard of incidents of parents of children. Uh, sneaking their、uh, parents' credit cards to、uh, use to pay, you know,、uh, for games or for、uh, live streamers. So stuff like this is a little bit dangerous at times for minors. I, I think little Peter would fall into this category of of those.、Um, you know, the authorities want to place a like 10 p.m. curfew on playing online games. So.、Um, I want to also compare it with、um, the situation with the United States. How is it, you know, regulated in the United States when it comes to、um, live streaming tipping? Well, obviously, with payments from minors on any type of e-commerce sites are, are tightly restricted,、uh, especially when it comes to games gambling. Or I'm not、mm. too sure about the co- the current rules on live streaming regulations. Maybe TikTok. Because I know TikTok is making a lot of money in America, and I, from my understanding, it's from this live streaming tipping as well.、Uh, perhaps they changed the rules since I've been there, but before I came to China, I remember the rules were very strict. Because the concerns were is a lot of times the miners were not using their own money, 
they were not using their allowance money. They were using their parents' credit cards to pay off these uh, huge payments for to play games and, and, and all that. I had seen the same scenario in South Korea as well. And I do believe that they placed a lot of new restrictions to prevent minors from uh, paying too much. So, for example, if they pay more than a certain amount per day, there it, it creates a certain signal that they're overdoing it. Mm, then in the States or in South Korea, do you have any idea whether, you know, the parents got um, like refund or got the money back when they found out um, that their kids probably tipped too much? That, that's a good question. And normally they did have to do the refunds. And the times that some gamers refused to pay the refunds, they had to create either state laws or federal laws to force the refunds to happen. Because obviously, if the parents didn't know about it, you know, it's really not their fault. But also, the parents are a little bit at fault because they should have paid more attention to their children and probably did a better job of hiding those credit cards. Uh, but yeah, it's a major issue. I've seen it really harm people and harm families' lives and harm really impact people in regards to the success of payments. And sometimes the minors become threatening to their own parents and, and become very abusive and violent towards their own parents so that they can have access to those credit cards just so they can keep playing the games because they are so addicted to it. We'll come to uh, the role of parents uh, later. But uh, Han Hua, you know, in China, do you think it really has become a, a big concern that it, it has evolved into some social problem here in this country? Uh, first thing first, I, I try to resonate to, to Tom a little bit about, you know, the Chinese government is doing a comparatively uh, good role in coming up with certain regulations, the Green Dam project, for example, to help regulate uh, and prevent teenagers from getting addicted to, to the internet games. I think this is a very good step and we expect more steps to be, or uh, the regulations uh, to be done. On the other hand, the parents certainly will play a more and more important role. There are certainly, uh, and, uh, and also on this note, I pay respect to, you know, the research did by Professor Wu and his team regarding to analyze the uh, psychological uh, factors behind the, the addiction that are generated. I think these research are really important because once you know the, the behind the same reasons and you can come up with more uh, mechanisms Indeed. for these adolescents right. to mm -hmm. cure the persistent problem of this kind of internet addiction. So, so I think it's, it's becoming a social problem. It's getting there. It's really and the, coupled with the mo most recent years the, for the past two to three years, the COVID policies, the social pressure to the teenagers, when it comes to the Gaokao, the university entrance examination, or the be it the Gaokao or the division, when they reach junior high school at the age of 15, they have to decide whether to go on to, to, to have further study in high school or to those occupational schools. It's actually very good to go to occupational schools because of the limited space in the universities. But the 
the social awareness is that my kids isn't good enough to get into university. So this kind of awareness needs to be changed by the different players in the society. And also the social development, I think the parents, the schools, the educational agencies, as well as the gaming industry, mainly the internet companies, think that these players need to sit down to address the social problems as soon as possible. Because it is already by medical, I mean, the uh, scientists as well as the medical research have found that this kind of addictions, just like drugs, or maybe some tobacco addictions in the future for those internet addiction. So since the government has realized that, I think more measures need to be taken as soon as possible to help address the issues you know, prevent it from becoming a bigger social problem. Yeah, you just mentioned um, if a kid is not good at um, academic, um, you know, tasks or to enter the college, maybe it's good for them to become, you know, a live streamer, which is quite popular among some kids nowadays. So why do you think the authorities have to, you know, introduce this rule banning, you know, uh, those under the age of 16 from um, becoming live streamers themselves? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, especially for the group of young people under age of 16, they are the most vulnerable group of people when they face the internet and facing the games. Because the games, like I just said, the developers, they will try their best and their adults, they will try their best to grasp the psychological development of the teenagers and they know how to control them. So this is very important. So they know they know how to the importance of playing games over other hobbies and over other daily routines such as the schooling, the academic pursuance. So this is very terrible if it is not stopped by some third party, by the government, by the industry, by like the, the trade unions to say whether uh, the young people can be better prepared and can be a kind of uh, to be prepared from a fire war established between the young people's life and the internet games. I think this is very important because it's so easy to, you know, get self-satisfied, to establish kind of sense of accomplishment over the over playing the games online. The virtual world seems can be very appealing to them. They can get no pressure, but they can get reward, upgrade, increase of their levels in the virtual world so easily so it will get these teenagers who doesn't have who is growing their their perspective of the world their perspective for the value system their perspective of how to contribute to the society you know it can change their perspective so easily and they get their self-satisfied affection so easily and they are so vulnerable so powerless when they face the internet games. So I think they need to be protected more. And Tom, what's your take here? If, you know, 
little Peter says、um, he he wants to become you know an online gamer or make a living by gaming. Do you think it's a problem, or maybe the earlier he embarks on this、uh, path, the more professional he he could turn out to be? Well, actually, that's a, a very good question. I never thought about it that way. There's a little bit of me that finds it humorous because、uh, if I ask my son if he wants to be a gamer, I'm pretty sure he would love that idea right now. <laughs> right. Pursue it with full passion. But the problem. Actually, that lies is, and, and when you really look at it, let's say for example, if these live streamers, it is usually like winning the lottery ticket to become a superstar live streamer. Or, and and one of my concerns is actually as a parent, because、uh, you have young children, and they end up could be turned into sexualized objects as live streamers. So I think that's an important issue to address, and I think the Chinese government is correct in trying to protect the children's innocence. Because in America, Americans, I'm American. We're just not innocent people. We're we've been、uh, sort of sexualized at a very young age, and I can't imagine that if if、uh, TikTok was around when I was ten years old. Oh my God, I don't know what kind of stuff we would be doing. So, you know, I think you know what. What to me, what's most important is the issues of balance.、Uh, you know, like we'll let our son play video games every once in a while. I'm not so strict where I have to, you know, ban it from him all the time. But at the same time, I, what I need to always make sure of my son is: did he do his homework? Did he accomplish、uh, whatever task he was supposed to do for today? And then, you know, for his reward, if he accomplishes goals for、mm-hmm. the day, then go ahead, play some video games for a little while, and I, I won't make an issue of it. And usually, I tend to be a little bit more generous with his time on on the weekends. But let's say if he wants to become a, a live streamer and just just dance his way to fame,、uh, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I can't control him, but you know I may try to discourage that.、Uh, we'll see how it goes.、Mm. Some people say that this、um, rule of、um, live streaming platforms、um, to you know activate a youth mode and put in place a 10 p.m. viewing curfew for for teenagers is just. Too、um, invasive, if you will. You obviously would agree with that, right, Tom? Yeah, definitely. I would agree with with the the rule, but technically, as a regulation, maybe not have the 10 p.m. rule go into place on Friday and Saturday night if they、huh? can sleep in the next day. So, I mean, I wouldn't be Mister Conservative completely. I believe on the school night. Then the ten p ten p.m. curfew is appropriate because they they don't have these type of curfews in South Korea or in America, and then they wonder why the kids are having trouble sleeping, waking up the next morning. Well, of course, because they're playing、mm-hmm. games till two a.m. and they wake up just three four hours later for a few a few hours later for school. So、mm-hmm. I think if you can find a way like China has done to put put the block technical blocks in place. Where, for example, this phone is could be used by a minor, so don't let don't let any games on at such and such time. I mean, there are some parental choice and parental technical measures that American parents can take, but from what I heard, is those can be easily unblocked. Whereas in China, 
it's not so easy to unblock these real blocks. The Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. You're listening to the Chat Lounge, and we are discussing China's latest regulations for underage users when it comes to live streaming. And let's move on to you know the feasibility of the of the guideline. Authorities obviously have put the responsibility on, on live streaming platforms. You know, as the guideline states, what the operator should or should not do. But a major question here is how implementable. Are those new rules, Chang Chang?、Mm, could I answer your, the questions you previously?、Asked? Sure. As、uh, Professor Han Hua just、uh, talked about the psycholo- psychology or psychological state of the users of the live streamers, you know,、uh, in the past、uh, in the past two years, our team、uh, have traced sixteen、uh, teenagers, the minor watchers of、uh, live streamings. We find, you know,、uh, two third of them. Are from the incomplete family. I mean, the single, single parenting family.、Oh. Yes, and、um, they, you know, they share the same, you know, psychological symptoms. So we call neurosis. You know, they ha-、mm. they don't know how to socialize. They don't know how to establish or、uh, or or develop a、uh, uh, real relations、uh, with the people around them. So they, you know, they.、Uh, they Uh, what they only do is to devote themselves to、uh, indulge in the, the virtual worlds, especially the the online games, also the live streamers. So we ca- so we think the the minors are are psychologically traumatized, and the live streamers comfort you know solves or comforts the mental problems of them, or but only by making them addicted to them.、Uh, You just mentioned, is it a big concern that it has become social? But yes, it is a very serious social problem.、Uh, and also, another one we also find,、uh, some of the minors are the live streamers, not only the watchers. And、uh, some of the the minors、uh, who are live streamers are live streaming what they demonstrate as you know as sort of being you know erotic, you know, such as showing off their romantic relations or you know being pregnant. You know, unknown partners, and when they do live streaming, what they deal with is various kinds of strange or vicious questions from audience watchers, and by doing so, they become the minor influencers. So I think the state has already found this a serious issue. It is not become an issue now.、Uh, yeah, that that's as, that's.、Um, I think that's one of the major reasons why you know the authorities have to introduce、yes. such、uh-huh. a guideline.、Mm-hmm. But Then how、mm-hmm. how implementable do you think the new rules are? You've mentioned、mm-hmm. some、mm-hmm. uh, of the minor live streamers.、Yes. They themselves are probably not living with their parents, and and nobody is、yeah. supervising them when they do、yes. live streaming themselves.、Mm-hmm. So, do you think they will probably you know、um, circumvent the new rules in any way? And as for the implementable, I think、uh, the live streaming platforms、uh, will improve the use mode, and also improve the registration administration.、Um, you know, under sixteen, they are not allowed to be accessible to the live streaming services, and also from sixteen to eighteen, unless they get the permission or guarantee from the guardians, minors are not getting limited access to the services.、Mm, but is it probably? 
very easy for them to, you know, manipulate the the account or they register with those, um, uh-huh. you know, live streaming platforms, right? Yes. Uh-huh. But as you said, the authorities have put the responsibility on live streaming platforms. You know, uh, we just found the, the live streaming of platforms in the following days will make more and more stricter, uh, stricter regulations on the use of uh, live streamings. Or they will tighten up the services of the live streamers during the prime time, from eighteen or from eight to ten p.m. Right, but um, it's obviously not the first time for the authorities to issue such you know instructions. Um, we've seen special operations carrying out last summer and in January this year, nationwide to crack down on you know malpractices of the live streaming operators, including uh, what we've just mentioned. So. Uh, why do similar cases re-emerge every now and then across the country? Hanhua, do you have any idea? Can you explain that? Yeah, uh, Edwin, I, I think uh, you are raising a series of very good questions because you, I can feel that you also have the doubt regarding how to implement those regulations. Indeed. Implementation is always the most important step in you know helping preventing young people, especially the teenagers, and especially those under 16, to be protected. Uh, I don't have existing answers to you on this serious issue, because in the past, we also, the Chinese government, like Tom mentioned and appreciated, the Chinese government has always been advocating on coming up with the regulations and the follow-up the, the follow-up implementations. I think they are trying their best, but it is a two-way street in my opinion. So on one side, the government has been paying great efforts, trying their best to come up with these regulations and in very details and uh, asking the even the internet companies to join to be on the other side, to be on the regulator side to see what kind of uh, measures can be taken to help protect the young people together? On the other side, there is the parents' side. There is the there is the the the, the players, the young people side. Uh, I one phenomenon I noticed in my personal observation is that some of my friends who has this thanks to the one child policy or even maybe known, even without the one-child policy, the Chinese parents have tried to partner with their young kids when it comes to some, some important issues, as long as they are doing academically good. For example, after 10 o'clock, it's usually the bedtime. But if the kids are doing very well in their academic pursuits, are doing very well in their scores, school performances. Young kids, even after 10 p.m., they're sometimes they're allowed to play internet games, even by using the parents' account. So this is like just a quote-unquote conspiracy facing the mm. regulations. So I think this kind of awareness uh, need to be raised at the same time. So it's a two-way street that people all the players in this problem need to work together. So the implementation is very important. And the, it's not only the heavy penalty system. It's not only, you know, to ask the the internet companies to come up with much detailed 
uh, you know, applications and the functions to prevent those. And also the educational uh, functions need to be also geared up to work together on this issue. This is one point that I want to mention because I've, I've seen so many cases around me that, you know, usually the kids on one day, they are doing very well, they behave, and so they can play games as a reward. On the other day, if they it is not a good boy or good girl, they are like, oh, you're not allowed to play games for tonight. So the regulations or the measurement are changing. This is very challenging to the young people. So I think the parents, if I may, I may reiterate, parents need to be very consistent on this issue as well. Uh, Tom, do you see uh, consistency a key to solving this problem? Well, actually, it's an important point to raise because, as I mentioned, the issue of moderation before, the regulations are most effective for parents who are struggling with children who have addictions. And then they can use these uh, technical blocks in place to prevent the children from uh, playing video games 24-7. However, if you have children who are well-behaved and uh, performing well in school and playing maybe 30 minutes or an hour of video games after 10 has no impact on their ability to perform academically, I think parents have a right to allow their children those privileges or rights because they're parents and they are the ones who are seeing their children firsthand. So, you know, I think, I mean, as I said earlier, I do support the rules, but it has to be within a certain amount of moderation. You know, what happens if you have a live streaming kid who wants to go and show off how smarty he is and decides to be professor, professor Peter, you know, my son and, discuss uh, dinosaurs and then do, do a live streaming show on it. And you decided and then, you he's know, going I to be a professor. That. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> going to support that. I'm going to say, you know, if you're not dancing, but you're you're teaching children about dinosaurs, go for it. So I mm. think, you know, I mean, we have to also think about, uh, you know, uh, what is fair, what is proper. So uh, what I am addressing is the extreme cases. So if you have extreme cases of addictions, or extreme cases of children overspending their parents' money to pay for games or live streamers, obviously, I totally agree, this should be banned. But what about, let's say, for example, children who are good good kids and they really are using their allowance money and they, if there's a system to prove that they are using their allowance money and not their parents' money, mm. And then they want to give 10 RMB to their favorite live streamer. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think these are issues to address and that uh, we don't need to go too extreme. We need to find a certain balance. Mm. But uh, overall, I do I do have concerns about the addiction issue. Right. And Tom and Hanhua both um, acknowledged the, the role of parents um, here. But um, Chang Chang, do, do you think... You know, the platforms had done what they could to prevent or to restrict underage users on, on those platforms. Technically, what they can do in this regard. You mean the platforms, right? Right. Uh, first, I have to say, uh, yes, it is not the first time for the authorities to issue such instructions. 
it is part of the China state strategies of cleansing websites in the past two years, you know, putting regulations on the, on the firms collect, collective activities online, make stricter regulations on the production of varieties of serials for living streaming platforms. You know, to a great extent, those regulations are protective of minors um, from what the official names as unhealthy contents. Yes, uh, Han Hua and Tom just said, okay, it is the, the parents should uh, should be responsible for protecting kids. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, uh, the first uh, first of all, we can note, uh, you know, the live streaming service, service, uh, services are not uh, forbidden, which is one of the great origins of profits uh, for the uh, live streaming industries. So the services are, are not forbidden. Uh, the second is uh, what uh, what the negotiation between the states and the live streaming platforms is to to make some you know decisions or regulations or is uh, even more stricter uh, regulations on the use. I mean the registration of users to uh, prevent the the miners from using such services. Well, do you think um, they should uh, devise any special mechanisms, or like uh, Hanhua earlier mentioned, or any special, I don't know, product designs, mm-hmm. probably? To mm-hmm. what do you mean, a product design? I'm not quite sure because I'm not an expert in th- in this field, yeah, uh-huh. but uh, uh-huh. I mm-hmm. I'm just wondering whether the platforms they themselves have done what they mm-hmm. they can. To prevent those malpractices or to prevent mm-hmm. the kids from um, getting addicted to online gaming or live streaming. <laughs> yes, I know. I know what you mean. But um, I think that that is exactly what the platform can do now and in the near future. Okay, to you know to follow the guidelines from from China State. But uh, I do. We do not expect. To expect uh, uh, the, uh, I think the China state or the government uh, want is uh, the children uh, should be kept, should be protected from the platform or even the online games such services, which will give them, you know, uh, some you know soft erotic content or the you know the or something just like that, the unhealthy contents. But all these, you know, the online games or uh, the uh, live streaming services are not forbidden, as I said before. So what the platform can do only is to do the uh, registration, the administration, okay, to uh, to keep the minors from, you know, from access to those services, I think. Maybe it's really difficult for the platforms to come up with further measures. Uh, Hanhua, what's your take? Just now, I mentioned the importance of raising the awareness or to educate the parents. And now I want to add something regarding the, the, the effective measures from the internet and from the, the industry player side. Mm. For example, I think uh, standardize the key functional applications. Even though I'm not very familiar with the tipping or the gift, giving gift to the live streaming, but I watched, you know, not only my own kid, but some of her, her uh, the, the schoolmates, as well as young people in our think tank, that they are really addicted to those uh, very easy to use applications, the functional applications, such as the gift, the tipping, the watching interactions. 
So definitely, it is required to standardize. I think that's that's very very important. So that can be having some effective results regarding this regulation, the new regulation, and also to identify the more young users and also the the so-called peak hour management, such as use some buttons. Some some other functions to to strengthen the management of these peak hours, when you know young young people tend to have their leisure time and to to surf internet to have more interactions with their favorite videos. I think these are also effective measures. And as I just mentioned, the about the penalty system, the penalty system need to be clarified. And to be made into much details, so that not only the internet companies, but also the players, the young people, they are aware of these penalties. Maybe there there won't be the penalties on them, but they will be aware of there are the penalties on the internet. So they cannot be a free surfer of the internet, especially the internet games, are also very important. And also probably. Industry-wise, I know it's a free market, but then on、um, this internet game market, is it so free? Can it be kind of、uh, cleared? And、uh, the the market on one side, you can let it grow, but on the other side, once、uh, there is some some break of the regulations of the current regulations, then not only the penalty, maybe the company. Who produce the games need to be prohibited to be banned from the industry in total, and the players. I mean, the management team, the developers,、uh, will, will they face some certain penalties? Not only the companies, but the people who are in this、uh, kind of、um, misbehaviors. Probably, you know, some of the penalties towards the individuals, especially towards the management team of the companies. Uh, can be more effective than the penalty towards the companies. Yeah, these are some of my my take,、mm. my additional take.、Mm. And Tom, do you have any suggestions for those、um, you know online gaming platforms? Sure. Thank you for asking. Well, there's as I said, it 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 all requires a balance and base. And I'd like to think a little bit about my time I spent in South Korea, where、uh, the gaming addiction was really out of control, and I had also seen the gaming addiction used for gambling, and it ruined a lot of families' lives. I knew people who were hardworking families, good people, lost everything because they had a family member,、uh, unfortunately, addicted to these gambling games. But I also heard South Korea has done a lot to overcome this problem in recent years, and whatever they did, if it's working,、uh, I would advise China to take a closer look at it. Sure. And see what South Korea did to improve that scenario. So, in order to fix the problem, it's like a cultural issue. It's a cultural awareness issue. It, it's it's a community、uh, grassroots. Way of dealing with the problems, because most parents now, if they have young children, let's be honest, we probably have children who are addicted to video games. I, I was shocked when my wife 
first brought it to my attention because I thought, oh, he likes video games, but I didn't realize how destructive it was when he just became Mr. Video Games 24-7. And then when I really noticed it, it was it was very shocking and heartbreaking, and we've had to do a lot to overcome those problems. So uh, sometimes you worry if the law gets too involved, then all of a sudden, you know, the child who was addicted to the games becomes an illegal, you know, lawbreaker, and then it's on their permanent record. Uh, or then or what happens if the parents somehow didn't notice or made mistakes with their parenting and then suddenly they're labeled as uh, lawbreakers for not taking full control over their child's behavior. So it's a it's a very hard issue. There's a lot of complex matters to address here. So I'm not so keen on labeling people as lawbreakers if they do break the rules, but at the same time, I do support some of these roles to try to limit and to um, control these uh, addictive behaviors that are are out of the norm. So it's just going to take more than the government and the police to fix it. Families need help. Parents need help. Um, maybe the mobile devices, for example, I hear that in order to play a game, maybe you have to use your facial ID. So my son suddenly shows up the uh, phone and I do the face ID. He runs off. Well, you know, I'm going to notice what he's doing. Well, I think that's so a killer, killer ID. measure <laughs> that um, pl- yeah, platforms think, can introduce. I think that would be the right approach. And I, uh. would, I would support the government's efforts there. The Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. You're listening to the Chat Lounge, and we are discussing China's latest regulations for underage users when it comes to live streaming. This whole set of requirements um, imposed on um, this industry will definitely have some impact. And obviously, probably uh, the kids are not the the ones that most um, affected. It's the um, the industry that's going to see some real, you know, severe consequences, if you will. So how would the new rules reshape the live streaming and online gaming industry? According to, you know, the the wide paper titled uh, Youth of China in the New Era, issued by the State Council, the number of um, internet users under 18 years old stood at around 180 million at the end of uh, 2020. So if just a fraction of this group changed their consumption behavior because of uh, the new guideline, say stop tipping live streamers or stop playing games after 10 p.m., it may cause a considerable amount of uh, revenue loss to the platforms. Will this new guideline cause some big blow or devastating effect to the live streaming industry. Tom, I think you've been following uh, China's economy and all its industries um, very closely. So would you go first? Yeah, it's a very important issue to address because you're, you're trying to handle and control the issue of addictions, but at the same time, companies like Tencent Holdings and other video gamers are making 
money and they are, expect to make profits from this industry. But what I'm just suggesting is, is that, and I always suggest is that how to keep a balance, how to keep a moderation. So you can create and allow for the gains, um, but excessive, excessive use and excessive profits if it becomes a societal harm to society, it needs to be addressed. And if it requires laws to impose it, and it requires companies like Tencent to lose some money from it, to be honest, I'm all for it. Uh, but I'm not stopping Tencent from having profits. Perhaps, perhaps they can readapt so that they can still profit um, from the new type of system. So... We have to find a balance between the companies and a balance between the government and what's fair for all, okay? What I'm addressing is the issue of addiction. But what about if you're not addicted? What if you don't have addiction issues? What if you can lead your life and play video games and it has no impact on your academic or professional career? Then great, I support you. Go play your video games if you wish. And uh, Hanhua, what's your take here? Tuyun, you said blow. Mm. I think it's possible and it's hopeful because it will help reshape the industry, the internet industry, to some extent to make it a healthier industry. Devastating? Not necessarily. Because I, I think it's a very interesting comparison. Last year, it was the year when the the policy set the regulations on the so-called double deduction in the education industry. And at that time, even people who are not familiar with the economic situation, the economic development of, of China, I mean, the ordinary people, but who are affected by this double deduction education policy. And one indicator is that the the, uh, the the listed companies in the Asia market, in, in the Chinese domestic market, they suffered a heavy blow, not to mention those listed in the overseas market. So these educational-oriented companies, they suffered great loss because of this double deduction policy. And it's like you don't even have the, the cover-up the bottom line, you lost the bottom line of the the educational business uh, thanks to the double de deduction regulation. But after one year, it seems that the education landscape is sort of changing. Mm, the people who are very familiar with the Haidian parents who are very aggressive in nurturing their kids and the finding, locating their kids on so many different extracurriculum courses. And they are trying to be having a more balanced life and work and study mode these days. And uh, But on the gaming industry, I'm not so optimistic. Neither I'm not so pessimistic. On one side, they were suffered a blow I mean, these companies, especially those listed companies from the draft opinions, because it will definitely get a huge and immediate impact over their cash flow. It's the cash cow of the companies like Tencent, like Tom just mentioned, like big 
even for those big companies, which has a diversity of the revenue lines, uh, that re revenue streams, the gaming part is still one of the cash cows or maybe the leading cash cows for those big companies. So they will suffer. And um, th for those companies who only has who only has this revenue stream, they will suffer more. So this is for the short time, the near future. But in the long run, I think if the internet gaming industry can be reshaped or can be cleared, clarified because of these regulations, and can have a steady, more health, more, more steady and healthier uh, growing paths and the business streams, not only from the tipping and the gift itself, but also from other uh, uh, revenue streams, some other models, I think that will give them the chance now and opportunities to to grow more, uh, to grow healthier by creating more uh, revenue streams and by thinking of how to how to shift from only one revenue stream to a diversified revenue streams. In the long run, I think gaming, just like the WeChat, some other applications in our smartphones these days, they cannot be irredicted <laughs> at all. And uh, sometimes they are helpful, especially for those uh, games with some educational purposes. I think they, they will have a brighter future, but what we are addressing now, I mean, the government, the parents, what we are addressing now is to get kids from being addicted and we want to come up with a more creative business models uh, more creative products uh, just uh, like tom mentioned about the dinosaur uh, some educational related products that will be much more uh, appealing and helpful Mm, that's a very yeah, wise that, suggestion, right? <laughs> and it's like they say, "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." And as we say in Chinese, similar to "You can't make an omelet without breaking eggs." But whether the omelet is worth it is a maybe a judgment call, and only time will tell. So with that, we've come to the end of today's chat. Many thanks to Ms. Hanhua, board member of the China Forum at Tsinghua University, Dr. Wu Changchang, Associate Professor of Journalism Department of Communication College, East China Normal University, and author and commentator Tom Paukin II. You can leave a review for us either on the topic or on the show. Please subscribe to the Chat Lounge for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Tuyun. Thank you for listening. More to come here at Chat Lounge next week. <laughs>